We love you, Lord. We bless you. Lord Jesus, we rejoice in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word of comfort and your word of assurance. Your word that reminds us that regardless of the circumstance, you're standing by our side. You'll never fail us and you'll never forsake us. And the promises you have spoken are yes and amen. And Lord, help us to Keep the dream thief of time from stealing the blessing you desire. Help us, Lord, to lay hold of the promise and never let it go, even if it is a long time in coming. Help us to remember your word will not fail, and it will not return void or empty. Lord, we thank you for the comfort and the assurance the reminder that you're with us and you're for us. And you'll bring us through and your promise will come to pass. And in that we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Oh, bless the Lord. No matter how much we know it, sometimes we, we, we get guilty of equating circumstance with um, the, the reality that God's still there and still in control. It's hard sometimes when you see the circumstance and you start wondering. But the Bible says in tribulation, in distress, in all those things, we're more than conquerors through the one that loved us. Because we can be convinced that nothing can separate us from his love. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning. So good to see everybody. Please remember, in two weeks, we're going to have a water baptism right after the Sunday service like we normally do. So if you're listening and you have not obeyed the Lord and the act of public water baptism, well, be encouraged. Come on. We'd love to help you obey the Lord and worship and celebrate with you. There's literature in the back at the table. Please um, help yourself to it and turn it in so we know. But we will be having a water baptism in, in two Sundays, the 19th, I believe that's the date. And so come on and, and join us. It'll be great. Amen. All right, children, you are dismissed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good looking group. There they go. Amen. Yeah, give them a hand. You can give them a hand. They're good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you would go to Ephesians 6, we are finishing this series from the Gospel Armor. Um, I've enjoyed it. I think this is message number eight. And we're with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So if you would, Ephesians 6. and Let's start out with verse number 10. and We'll read and comment and just kind of give us our final overview. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle and our wrestling, it's not against flesh and blood, but it is against rulers and authorities, against powers, 
of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil does come, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, you're going to stand. So, so notice very quickly that um, God gives us the armor and the strength, but we've got to put it on. Amen? He says, put it on, put it on. It doesn't do us any good in the closet. We've got to put on that armor, and we've got to receive the strength that God provides for us. We recognize we do have a real spiritual enemy. The Word of God just warned us about that. But our God has enabled us and equipped us so we can stand against him and defeat him every time. All right, let's keep reading here. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And above all, above all, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, and here this morning, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In verse 18, let's throw that on there. We probably could preach another week on 18, but we're not. But And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, and with this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. Don't forget, you got to pray. Yeah, you can put out all the armor you want, but if you're not praying, prayer is a very important part of our spiritual warfare and our spiritual victory. But this morning, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We complete our series in the Gospel Armor, Living the Overcoming Christian Life, instructions and encouragements about walking in God's strength, using God's weapons, and living out the victorious Christian life that the Lord desires for all of His people. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that's his will for everyone that loves the Lord and serves him, all of his children. Now, we've mentioned this truth each week. We'll do it one more time. Jesus has won the victory. Calvary was not a tragedy. It was a glorious triumph. He kicked the end out of the tomb. He disarmed principalities and powers. He rose again as Lord of all. And we that are with him can enjoy that victory and enter into that victory. Jesus has won the victory, but you and I, here's the key, we have to enforce it and live it out personally and daily. We have to apply Christ's victory to our lives. We've heard the Master's command. Put on the whole armor of God. Take your stand. We touched on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, of right living, the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation. We've lifted up the shield of faith, but now we hear the captain calling us, take your sword. Don't forget your sword. For we are not merely to defend, but we are also to assail and attack and advance. In the things of God, it's not enough just to hold our ground and wait for Jesus to return. We are called to advance and take this gospel to every creature and every person and every nation. With weapons of righteousness, we are to take ground for the kingdom. There are lives that we are to touch and there are people we are to reach. There are battles to fight and there are giants to whip and there is new ground and new victories to possess and apprehend for the glory of God. We've been commissioned and trusted with many weapons for this warfare. There's the written word of God and there's prayer. There's the blood of Jesus, of course. There's faith. There's a holy life. There's the name of Jesus. The gifts, the anointing, the baptism, the Holy Spirit. There's our attitude. There's our confession on and on. But in our text, Paul is inspired to write about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now let's remember that this is one of the main ways that you and I really do resist and overcome the enemy's attacks. This is one of the main ways that we advance in possessing new ground for Jesus and touching lives for the Lord, doing His works. Jesus said, the works I do shall you do also. And one of the main ways we do it is by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now take notice that Paul He speaks of a specific word and a specific sword. The apostle compares 
God's word with a Roman soldier's sword. Now, there are about five basic types of sword the Roman legionnaire would use. They were different sizes, different weight, functions, and forms. The type of sword Paul had in mind when he wrote to us is one of the most brutal swords he had. It was razor sharp on both edges. It was used by that trained Roman um, soldier to produce the most terrifying and deadly results. This is the sword Paul used to describe our sword as children of God. He communicates to us in this writing that God has given us the most deadliest spiritual weapons to use and overcome and prevail with as we fight this good fight of faith. We are armed and dangerous when it comes to spiritual warfare. I want you to think a specific sword and a specific word. Verse 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, there are two words for word in the Greek New Testament. There are two words for word in the Greek New Testament. And the one Paul uses here is the word rhema. The other is the word logos. But rhema, I want you to think about this. Rhema describes a right now word for the present time and the exact situation. It's not just a general scripture where any old word will do, but it's a specific saying. It's a particular portion of God's word. Paul is teaching us that we overcome Satan by that particular word for that particular battle and situation. Rhema in the New Testament carries the idea of a quickened word. A word that the Holy Spirit highlights, brings alive to you, quickens to your mind and your thinking at that time. Such as a scripture that the Holy Spirit supernaturally drops into your mind and causes it to come alive in a special, specific way and imparts that power for the moment. It's like that flash of illumination. I know some of you younger people don't know this, but there used to be a thing called flash bulbs. Flash, anybody remember flash bulbs on your camera? And I used to remember how I would describe people the prophetic gifting when I was younger and God was really training how to hear the voice. It doesn't work as, as, as clear now because you got to get more sensitive, you get older, but it's like a flashbulb going off in my spirit. Flashbulb. Well, it's a similar function here. The Word of God, the Holy Spirit will take a particular scripture and flashbulb. It'll, it'll illuminate and light it for that particular need. So we can fight accurately, which means we're going to fight victoriously. So let's dig into this a little bit more. I know I've got to teach a little bit more than normal on here, but let, let's grasp this together. Raymond in the New Testament carries the idea of a quickened word, a word the Holy Spirit's going to make alive or really highlight to you for that present moment in need. He puts it in Raymond, a clear, specific word that the Holy Spirit will drop and quicken to the heart and mind, specific time and purpose. Jesus said in John 14, that the Holy Spirit will not only teach us, but He'll help us to remember what He's taught us. That He'll bring to our remembrance what Jesus has taught us. This is what's happening here. When Paul says in verse 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, he is referring to the Holy Spirit's ability to make a word vividly come alive to your heart, and to your mind at the precise moment of need. Again, he'll illuminate it. It'll stand out. It'll speak loud to you. It'll come right to you. And that happens. It moves us to speak. It moves us to act. It moves us to stand. It moves us to believe. It brings a clarity. It brings a wisdom. It brings an insight. Oftentimes, it deposits or erupts or releases a great peace or a great courage or a great boldness. The belt of truth that we covered weeks ago is the written word of God. The written word of God. And that's the primary source of the rhema of God. The specific word of God. Now, how does this work in the practical? Our responsibility is to hide the written word of God in our hearts. To study our Bibles. To learn our Bibles. You see. You put the word of God in. You read and study your Bible. And then on the second hand, also stay filled with the Spirit. Stay under the influence of the Spirit. When we talk about 
thing filled with the Spirit. We're not talking about some encounter you had years ago. We're talking about the right now, walking close to God and being under the control of the Spirit. And when we live like this, friend, at the right time, in the right moment, the Holy Spirit will illuminate, clarify to your thinking, highlight a particular word, a particular promise, a particular command, a particular story for the specific time of your need in your battle. The Holy Spirit helps us to apply this book for the right now of our situation. Now, those of you that have walked with God, you can remember situations where the Holy Spirit reached down into the reservoir of the Scripture that you have stored up through the years, and at just the right time, He quickened it. He made it alive. He brought it to your thinking. He strongly illuminated it to your consciousness. The perfect sword. The exact word for the occasion. Romans 10 and 17, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God. Now, you know what I'm talking about. When the Holy Spirit quickens that word, faith comes alive. When the Holy Spirit brings that word, you could be praying about something. You could be seeking God about something. You can be in a situation. But when the Holy Spirit of God reaches down to what you put in there and also makes that particular thing come alive, faith comes alive. All of a sudden, you're in the middle of a very frightening situation and you have a peace and you know it's not you. Come on, say amen. You have a courage and a boldness and you, you're wondering, you're almost outside and you say, man, who is this? But when the faith comes alive, because the word of God has ignited or illuminated that right now sword, all of a sudden you have wisdom, you have insight. There's times you got insights, not even your field of expertise. But as you sought God, all of a sudden, the, wow. Mm. Just at the right time. Yeah. And it, sometimes it brought a great peace, an insight, a wisdom, a discernment. Other times, courage, faith. It moved you to act, to speak, to stand, to trust. It was like a different you. Wow. The sword of the Spirit. The illumination that the Word of God The Holy Spirit takes the word of God and makes it for the now and brings a faith for us to believe it. We're facing certain circumstances. You've been there and out of nowhere, a verse drops in and naturally speaking, you haven't even been reading that section of scripture. You haven't even been thinking about that story. Oh my. And all of a sudden, your heart is filled with that thought. Your mind is filled with that thought. That verse comes and it ignites, it illuminates. It awakens the perfect for the occasion. Powerful, clear, in-season sword or word of the Lord. Now, this is the sword Paul's talking about. So again, let me review. You start out by studying your Bible. You start out by your devotions. You've got to get that word in you if you want the Holy Spirit to bring it out of you. Come on, say amen. We're not talking about just some kind of thing. No, we're talking about as you have fed the word of God. Every man lives on that bread of word. Amen. Feeding on that word. And then you walk with God. When you're in spiritual battle, when you're in spiritual conflict, when you're in a circumstance, Holy Spirit is able to take that up and give you that thought and give you that faith and give you that. This is the sword of the spirit that Paul is talking about. Now, the belt of truth represents the written word of God. But when you and I go into battle, from that belt, we pull out a sword or a specific word inspired by the Spirit for that specific occasion, and it carries supernatural power quickly. Wow. Hallelujah. Now, this is the word Jesus battled with. I I want us to see this. In the wilderness, remember Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone but by every rhema, every quickened word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, Jesus is our example. He's the pattern son. So let's look at this. He fought and overcame the enemy, and he used the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the rhema of God. Now, most of us remember the story. If you're not familiar, Matthew 4, Luke 4, you can read about Jesus taking on the enemy and the temptation. Jesus was a master swordsman. The Bible tells us that after Jesus obeyed the Father in water baptism, 
He came up out of the water and he heard the voice of the Father's approval. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He obeyed the Father. He received the public approval of the Father. And then you know the next thing that happened? Driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. We've lost that somewhere along the line. Most of us would think, well, the Father I obeyed and, and the Father just said He's pleased with me. It ought to be on to bigger and better things. That's not how it works, does it? The Bible tells us. <laughs> and then we get surprised. Where is God? He left me. No, the Bible says that Jesus, He heard the Father's approval. All those around heard the Father's approval. And instead of going forward, it seemed like Jesus got taken back. Led of the Spirit into the wilderness. Where for 40 days he was being tried and tested. And he was fasting. Oh my. And after those 40 days, the Bible says that in the wilderness, Satan came and tempted him. And you know the story how three times Satan attacked, tried him, tested him, tempted him. And three times Jesus said, what? It is written. Notice he didn't deny the attacks. Notice he got in the trial by by doing what? Being led of the Spirit. We've made this thing so, so, so watered down that unfortunately many of the people don't know the basic ways of God. God's going to bring you through some tests and trials in his will, in his will, if you want to grow and mature and be the one he's called you to be. Even when he's pleased with you, he was pleased with Jesus. And the next thing, the Spirit leads him into a place of being tried and tested. So if Jesus was led like that, hey, we're no better than Jesus, are we? And notice now, Jesus is being attacked of the enemy, and he doesn't deny the attacks. He didn't live in denial. Don't equate faith with denial. There's no such thing as that. Nor did he quote a quip from the Farmer's Almanac, some kind of... I'm just trying to stay positive here. Yeah, he didn't. No, 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 no. He said it is written. Man came up to Brother Shambach one time and said, Well, you know, like the Bible says, preach, just grin and bear it. Brother Shambach looked at him and said, Brother, that's not the Bible. That's the funny pages. He said, Man, no wonder why you're a mess. You know the funny pages better than the Word of God. I said to say there are a lot of Christians know their sports section better than the Word of God. They, they know, oh, come on, say amen. They know their TV guide better than the Word of God. And then they wonder when the devil shows up, I don't have anything to say. I don't know what to do. Well, fill yourself with the Word of the living God. And then when the time comes, the Spirit will bring the right Word for the right occasion. It'll come with power. It'll come with quickening. And you can pull out that sword and run them through. Can you say amen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, we wouldn't need so much counsel. We'd get ourselves filled with the Word, the Word, the Word. Feed on that Word. Eat that Word. Hide it in your heart. Let it renew your mind. Fill it with your mouth. And then if you stay under the influence of the Spirit, at the right time, the Holy Spirit, that great God, that great comforter, that great teacher, that great illuminator, will put that light bulb on that specific Word for the specific occasion. You'll know the wisdom you You'll have the word. You'll have the peace. You'll have the strength. Why? Because you're understanding how to be led of the Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to take from that reservoir of Bible study and Bible memorization the particular word for the particular occasion and you'll walk in the victory. Oh, yeah. Jesus said, It is written. Now, let me ask you a question. I don't want to get too deep. I know it's early. Some of you are tired. But uh, I I want to ask you something. If you're going to say it is written, you got to know what is written. Come on. I know that was deep. I don't mean to get too deep on you. I already gave you a Greek word. I gave you Ramos and Logos. I don't mean to get too deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're going to say it is written, you got to know what is written. Oh, Jesus pulled out that word of God. He pulled out that sword and ran old slew foot through. 
And I want to encourage you, you can do the same thing because you are also a child of God. Can you say amen? See, that's, that's the point. I'm, I'm leading up to this. If Jesus used the scripture to resist Satan and win the victory, now, number one, how much more do we need to do that? But how much more can we? Because we belong to him. You see, Jesus is the pattern son. He's the example. He left us that example of how to live this life. And he used the same resources every one of us has. You've got to know that. He used simply the power of the Spirit, the Word of God and prayer. The power of the Spirit, the Word of God and prayer. If you're a Christian, you possess right now in your arsenal, you possess the power of the Spirit the Word of God, and you can pray. And though, I mean, you don't need a lot to tip with the devil on the run. We don't need a lot. Sometimes we confuse it and we get too complicated. It's not hard. It's very simple. And we'll just walk close with Jesus and we'll love and fill ourselves with that Word of God. We'll be able to deal with whatever comes our way. We'll have the mind of Christ. We'll have the strength of Christ. And we can walk following the pattern of Christ. The word of God will drive Satan off. And the Bible says the devil left him for a while. For a while. That's another one some people forget. That for a while. Only for a season it says. Doesn't it say that in the book? Amen. You see you can whip him today. He'll try again another day. Oh he's a relentless foe. Until you see Jesus face to face. There will always be another trial. There will always be another test. There will always be another temptation. It is a fight of faith to the very end. So let us be determined that we're going to be finishers and not fly by night. Somebody give God a praise. Mm. Yeah. So live a ready life. Live a ready life. Many fall by the wayside. Many start out good and somewhere along the line they drift. Somehow the enemy wears them down. It's as if they think God has forgotten them or somehow they don't know why trials keep coming. Listen, trials and tests are part of the human condition. They're part of this dispensation of time. So we can do nothing about the fact that the world, the flesh and the devil will try to stumble us, will try to dissuade us and discourage us. So we we can't do anything about that. But what we can do is understand what God has given us so that we can live this life victoriously, so we can live this life and mature in our walk with Christ. We can give ourselves proper devotion to learn the Word. and prayer time, we're abiding in the vine. And then as we walk with God, to have that determination of faith. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, loving not their lives even unto death. There has to be determination determination in the heart and mind of every believer I am never ever going to turn away from Jesus regardless of what comes my way I'm going to serve Jesus to the very end life might not be easy things might hit me that I don't understand but my love for Jesus is not for sale it'll never be for sale I'm going to finish strong with the glory of God I'm going to hold on till I can see him face to face somebody give God a praise Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's not great talent. It's not great education. It's not great natural things and finances that God esteems. But the Bible says the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. God says, I'm looking for faithfulness. I'm looking for faithfulness. I'm looking for people. They don't have to understand it all. They don't have to be the best in this or that. But they're unrelentless. And they're serving me. And loving me. And they're determined to walk with me to the very end. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You know, if you're honest, you learn that quick in life, don't you? You learn real quick. You're certainly not the prettiest. Thank God, at least my wife thinks I am, but that's all that takes, amen? But but everybody else, they can see a little better than that. You know you're not the smartest, my Lord. I came home one day from work. My little guy, 
He's not so little anymore. He's only in fourth grade. And his older brother asked his mother, how do you spell a certain word? And the eight-year-old shot out from across. He spelled some word I don't think I could spell. I said right there and then, my Lord, I'm the dumbest one in the house already. I knew the day would come sooner or later. I didn't know it would come that early. Amen. I, I, I said, man, I knew sooner or later they're all going to pass me. I mean, they got their mother's brain, so I mean, they're going to leave me in the dust. I just didn't think it would be that quick that I was. No, 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 no. You learn real quick a lot of these things. You're not the most talented. You don't have the breaks other people had. But you know what I found out? You can be faithful. You can be faithful. You can show up, work hard, and be faithful. Isn't that right? You know what I mean? What's that saying? Some people uh, were born on third base and thought they hit a triple. You know what I mean? I mean, no, no, some people just blast. You know what I mean. Some people just got parents that give them everything. You know what I mean? Hey, God bless them. Hey, you know, which might give me a little bit more. But I'm just saying that, you know, life's not fair in a lot of those ways. Isn't that right? Some people can sing like a sparrow. The rest of us be croaking along. Amen. I wish I could sing. I'd tear it up if I could sing. Man, I, <laughs> I'd empty the house, brother. Amen. But I found out one thing, though. We don't have all these gifts and we don't have all these breaks. We can all be as faithful as we want to be. Isn't that right? And if we'll have a firm commitment in our hearts, we're going to serve Jesus to the very end. That's the key. That's we're going to do our best. We love him and serve him. We mess up. We're going to get back up, get forgiveness, dust ourselves off, and get back in there. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, what a God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. He's wonderful, folks. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. The word of God, the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, friend, when the enemy does come back, listen, don't let it discourage you. Don't let it cause you to retreat or wonder what happened. Instead, you just take out your sword and run them through again. James 4 and 7, we should know that one by now. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from, from who? You mean he'll flee from you? You mean you can put him to flight? Woo! Glory be to God. Hallelujah! Don't call to call the bishop or the pope. You, if you're a child of God, you can put him to flight. We said it before, this will work if you work it. I try to say this is real. This is Bible right here. This is Bible. This is the Jesus pattern. This is what Paul is teaching. He is showing us the sword of the Spirit is the rhema of God. It's not just a general scripture, but it is a specific portion of scripture that the Holy Spirit brings to you for that exact moment and occasion. I mean, there are a lot of scriptures in that book. Amen? And you know, we, we could be choosing. It might be the wrong one. But if I stay with the Lord, Holy Spirit, Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, Holy Spirit. I want to regress. I think two most important things to move into this. You see, you've got to do certain things to move into the blessings of God. Number one, we've got to know that written word. That's why it's so important. We're starting up Sunday school in another few weeks. You know, finally, after this, you know, this season of pandemic, starting up Sunday school. The kids, they get in there and learn those scriptures. Memorize them. Well, I've been memorizing since I was six, seven years old. Memorize them. It's always, you know, these every year, your um, memory verse. Amen? Oh, I won a good baseball bat one time when I was eight years old. Whew, I mean, I'm telling you. Whatever it takes, we motivate the kids so they get that word in them. So at the young age, I learn in the Bible. You don't know all that scripture. I've been studying it all these years. They taught us that in Sunday school. We had contests, didn't we? Remember those Bible contests we had? Oh, yeah. Got all that word in us. So you got to get that Bible in you. But it's going to be the Holy Spirit that quickens it, makes it come alive, brings the right scripture or the right story, the right principle for that specific moment. So, so I, I got to stay filled with the Spirit. Now, in, in the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, when Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It means be continually filled with the Spirit. It's not talking about one time, I'm filled. No, no. It's being filled, live filled. 
And what the word means, Paul says, be filled. It literally means be under the influence of the Spirit. When someone gets pulled over for a DUI, driving under the influence. When you stay filled with the Spirit, you're living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You're abiding in the vine. Now, if you'll keep the written word in your heart and you'll stay filled or under the influence of the Holy Spirit, when you need it, Jesus said, He will bring to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit will quicken, make alive. All of a sudden, like a divine highlighter will shine in your heart and mind a specific story. Amen. It's amazing how God does those things. And that's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then whatever that Word is, that Word might just bring great peace to your heart, and you just go on. That Word might direct you on how to pray, and you pray with wisdom and accuracy. That Word might just bring a faith and a courage into your life. And all of a sudden, you're standing your ground and rebuking that devil, resisting that thing. Quickening brings that thing, right? Power, authority, confidence of the Spirit. I mean, afterwards, you get done, and you say, who was that? Oh, Spirit just got a hold of you, amen? Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help us. Isn't God good to us? Oh, you're his child. He wants you to walk in the victory. And that's why we study the Bible, to learn how we can walk in the victory. We want to learn how we can apply these blessings to our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to stop. Because if I go one more note, it'll be another 30 minutes and that'll. I'll close with a story. Can I give you one example of how this, this can work? This is just an example, but it doesn't always work this dramatically. When we were kids, Christine and I, um, we first got married to finish up my college. I had about three years in, but we got married and um, there went the money. And so I joined the Army for a couple of years. I was a medic. Most of you know I was a medic out there in Fort Huachuca, out in Arizona. And worked in the emergency room and the ambulance. I was an EMT, and we did all these things. And, um, well, Christina was still on one of the singing teams when we had gotten married at Southeastern, and they were taking a trip to Europe, and especially to Sweden. So she went on that trip, and she had a student visa. And either way... Um, things got confused about what she was told from one branch of, uh, of, of immigration. Can you imagine that? Amen. And there was confusion in the immigration service. Amen. But um, so she went and came back, and man, just about threw her, threw her in the hooskow, you know what I mean? And um, so she came back. We are just like 21, 22 years old. We're by ourselves out in Arizona, a zillion miles away from family and friends. And, you know, um, so she had to go drive up. We had to drive to Tucson to face the immigration officials. She had a hearing. And I'm thinking, my Lord, we just got married about not even a year ago now, and they're going to send her back to Sweden. I'm stuck in the army. This don't sound good. Amen. I wasn't too bright at 22, but I knew that didn't sound good. Amen. And so we're, she's at the desk, and she's talking to some lady, and some lady, she kind of had a toot. And, and, you know, after a while, my wife started getting a little toot, and I'm just, oh, Lord, this don't look good. <laughs> I'm just sitting there. I'm as confused as ever. What do I know about immigration? Amen. I can't even spell it there. I told you that already, right? I mean, I can't even spell the word. I'm just sitting there, and out of nowhere, I'm watching this thing escalate between these two. Out of nowhere, in my spirit, loud and clear, stand still, hold your peace, and you'll see the glory of God. Hadn't read that story in months and months. Wasn't thinking about that at all. I'm just, it filled my belly. Like those big old flashbulbs. Remember the flash? I mean, that's all I heard. That's all I heard. And I just kind of reached over. Things escalated. Chill, chill, just chill. God God spoke. Another lady, she gets upset. She goes, I'm going to go talk to my supervisor. She runs back. Within two minutes, the boss comes, the supervisor. He looks, he says, Mrs. Zeno, I am so sorry. She just told me what happened. And you know what? I've got power to X, Y, Z. He goes, you know what? Not only am I throwing this thing out, 
I've got power. You don't even have to go back and finish the rest of the course, which meant she had to fly back there. And we didn't have money for her flying back there. You know, it was a big deal. You're 22 and broke, isn't that right? And I mean, and, and he goes, you know what? I'm going to override this. You're, you're, here's your green card, pretty much. Hey, and we keep fighting and going, at, you know, but one word from God. One sword of the spirit. Be still. Oh, relax. Take heed. No, no, no. Just let the super, we'll turn it over to, and God. Whenever you talk to God, he just came out. It was like God sent an angel. And most of you have walked with God. You got stories like that too. I know you do. So I'm going to stay filled with the written word. I'm going to stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And as I face a battle, I face a challenge. I face a trial or temptation. I, I can be confident that the Holy Spirit will bring to mind, will bring to our hearts the wisdom of God, the word of God, the quickening of God. Amen? Because the Bible says if we'll put on this whole armor, we can take our stand. And having done all, we're going to stand. Amen? We're going to resist the devil. He's going to flee from us. Amen? All right. I'm going to pray the prayer. And if you need prayer, you can come and get some prayer. If you just want to pray, you can. We're going to sing this last song. But let's just thank the Lord for the armor of God. Amen. Thank the Lord that we can be strong in the Lord. He hasn't asked us to live this in our own strength. He hasn't asked us just kind of grind it out. But he says, you know what? You can be strong in me in the power of my might. And if you'll put on the equipment that I gave you, you'll be able to stand and you'll be able to withstand. And so when you go out and face life, don't you ever think, little old me. You're not little old you. You're big you. You're you're full of the Holy Ghost, you. Amen? You're a child of God that's been equipped and anointed. And whatever you face, and specifically that sword of the Spirit, as you're walking through life, the Holy Spirit will bring to you the wisdom of God, the courage of God, the peace of God. And it's a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Stand with me as we pray. Stand with me as we pray. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us to love your word. Help us to feed daily on your word. And we thank you this morning specifically for the sword of the Spirit and how your Holy Spirit quickens and makes alive the right word for the right occasion that we might battle successfully in this fight of faith. Now, Father, as we just worship you and open the altar, Father, in the name of Jesus, touch us and teach us. Father, touch your people. You know every need. You know every situation. Father, right now, as they look to you, touch your people. Touch us and teach us. To those that are weary, fill them with new strength. To those that are hurting, let the healing power of Jesus Begin to work and mend them and strengthen them. To those that need wisdom, as they look to you, give them insight. Give them discernment. Give them your course of action. And oh, God, teach us how to apply what we've studied and what we've learned. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Let's sing this song one time through. If you need prayer, come down. Come down and people will pray with you and we'll believe God together. Hallelujah. I need you.